0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is bonus episode number three. Um, this is the second episode of our self-care series, um, where we're talking to musicians and members of the mental health community, um, you know, different organizations that provide outreach and things like that. Um, Around mental health and self-care, um, September is Suicide Prevention Month, um, and it was a little project that we really wanted to do, and um, yeah, so we we brought it to you. Um, on today's episode, we have our friend Taylor Palmby of Heart Support. Um, she is a super positive person, a super cheery person. Um, nobody will ever tell you a negative thing about her because I don't know that anybody's ever had a negative experience with her. Um, just truly one of the, the people in this world that really wants everybody to shine. Um, and does anything she can to support and help people uh, reach that potential or that opportunity. Um, So today on the episode, we talk with her about heart support. We talk about the heart support wall, which is this really cool forum um, that anybody can join, anybody can be a part of that You can go there and ask for support or encouragement or um, even just go there to provide support and encouragement. Uh, We also talked about her conversations on Instagram with musicians around mental health. Um, It's something that they've been doing here for a little while now. And it's just really eye-opening um, you know, we do something similar a lot of times, but her conversations are m- more specifically mental health related, whereas we do the, kind of the general thing and mental health gets brought up a lot of the time. Um, hers are, are very pointedly directed towards mental health. Um, and we talked about the impact of uh, heart support as a community. Um, what self care looks like and how to make time for things, you know, setting boundaries within yourself on that. Uh, it was a great conversation. I had a great time talking to her, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Um, so let's jump into my conversation with Taylor from Heart Support yeah so to kick things off let's start with your name and kind of what you do with heart support awesome
1: so oh sorry my dad you're fine (laughs) sorry it's loud in the back um so my name is taylor and i'm the director of communication at heart support so i do all the social media channels instagram twitter facebook TikTok, um and i also i'm in charge of band relationships so um if we have something that we want some bands to partner with i reach out to the bands and get them involved do some band interviews and stuff on our instagram page i also stream on twitch twice a week which is really fun i just started doing that um during covid and um what else do i do uh right now i'm running the campaign it, and Instead I Live campaign, and also in charge of our merch
0: store. Awesome. Um, so with mental health, um, let's talk about the number of hats that you wear. How does that that kind of work for you, knowing all these different things you're trying to balance on top of your own mental health and self-care?
1: Yeah. Um, so... I think when I first started working at Heart Support, I was not very good at that balance. Because um, another part of just being on staff at Heart Support is you have people reaching out to you with what they're going through all the time. Um, and with social media, people are always DMing, um, people are always, you know, trying to reach out and asking for support, which is awesome. And that's what we want. But um, I didn't really have any boundaries around when I would respond and how I would res- would respond so I would basically answer my phone like any time of the day at all hours and yep. be responding to people all the time and that was really really draining for me and I love I loved it but I just knew it wasn't sustainable. So mm-hmm. now I've, like, created some boundaries around it for myself where I, you know, will support people during my working hours, but I don't feel obligated to always be supporting people outside of that. And I still do sometimes. Like, I'll still right. respond to DMs and messages occasionally. Or, you know, if someone in the community I know is really going through a hard time, um, I will I'll, – I'll try to make time. Right. But I've really been intentional about creating boundaries between uh, my work and specifically reach out. I do a lot of like random work when I'm not on the clock. Um, But I'm okay with that because I love my job. But just creating that space where I can, you know, do do other things to take care of myself instead of just always focusing on being available to people. Um, It makes me so that when I do respond, I'm actually able to better support people and I'm actually able to provide them with um, more care and love and empathy than if I was just always giving, always giving and never making sure that I was um, giving to myself too.
0: Yeah. And I I think I want to say it was jake that brought that up in i think the first self-care talk that you can't pour out of an empty cup so knowing where where that boundary is on okay i i can do this eight hours a day but i have to stop so that i can recharge myself
1: right exactly yeah we say that all the time at heart support can't pour out of an empty cup
0: (laughs) yep so one of the the i think one of the coolest things about heart support is the the support wall Um, let's talk a little bit about the, it's basically an open forum for anybody. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to use your real name. It's completely anonymous. And there are people on there literally 24 seven, ready to to support each other and and things like that. Talk a little bit about your, your experience with the heart support wall, as well as I know we've got a lot of plans for it and a lot of goals to go there, but, um, whatever you can divulge about that.
1: Yeah. Um so the support wall is actually why I work at HeartSport. Um we used to, I don't know if you have seen Heart Sport on Warp Tour before. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so yeah, we used to have this for anyone who hasn't, we used to have this eight foot by eight foot wall that was a physical version of what exists online, where people throughout the day could come and support each other. Um, And that was the first thing I saw. Um, I was writing a story about Heart Support, or about Warp Tour, and I asked Dan, to do an interview with me and it was because the support wall caught my eye and I thought it was really really cool and yeah. um, I think it is this pillar of our community and it's becoming so much more than just you know support and encouragement for whatever people are going through there's also self-care exercises there's exercises for basically any experience that you're having um, there's you know We do all these band videos. So now there are exercises related to specific band videos or specific lyrics and and things like that, which is so awesome because It's becoming a place where people can not only share what they're struggling with, but they can actually also take steps towards healing Um, and in a variety of different ways and then they can share that how they've taken those steps towards healing with the community and receive support and encouragement and celebrate those healing steps with people. Um, I think the coolest thing about the support wall is seeing how people go from being in a place of needing support to being able to support other people Um, and it's this constant cycle of you know, maybe one day you're having a bad day, but then three days later, you're on the support while supporting someone else. Or even the same day, a lot of people find healing through supporting other people and, you know, finding purpose in that. So I think it's just like the coolest, most perfect place ever, um, yeah. because you can heal and help others heal. And through that giving of love, you you grow and find purpose.
0: Yeah. And I, I think one of the cool things with it is, um, I mean, kind of like what you're saying where everybody's involved, you know, there's people that have posted struggles that come back and end up supporting others, things like that. But I think for me, one of the reasons that I kind of latched onto it was, you know, I'm a warp tour kid, um, went pretty much every year since 2002, 2003, something like that. So, um, the community itself, I think is what drew me to it, where you can jump on that wall and there are stories that are almost identical to your own story and struggles. So it makes it a lot more comfortable, I think, to realize I'm not alone. I don't have to go through this on my own. Other people have done it. Other people are doing it. And it it just really, I think it's an empowering uh, space for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's um, It's like, with Warp Tour, what I always loved about it is it's like Misfits Unite kind of where it's like you might not feel accepted in any other space, but there you feel like accepted and you can be yourself. And, um, I think that the support wall is an online version of that. And you can be yourself in whichever way you choose. You know, you can use your name and um, your identity or you can be anonymous um, and you can divulge all whatever information you want or you can keep whatever you want a secret. Um, it doesn't matter. The community loves and accepts you regardless, which is really special.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's cool too that, you know, I've noticed anyway, some of the people that at least initially are anonymous end up after telling their story and receiving some encouragement will at least introduce themselves even if it's just a first name or something because they feel okay these people are safe it's it's easier now
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely that happens all the time it's so cool to yeah.
0: see. um so with your journey through heart support um and now doing more and more of the instagram lives and and band interviews um what kind of I guess sparked that for you. On this is a, a great way for us to outreach to these kids.
1: Um, yeah, so we've always done band interviews, um, but they used to just like exist on our YouTube. And you know, we don't have we we have actually a lot of backlogged band interviews that um, I did at last year's Warp Tour and I Matter Fast, um, but we just don't have the bandwidth to have someone working on adding them so um, I was looking for a solution to be able to connect with the bands and give fans the opportunity to connect with the bands they love especially in lieu of you know festival season tour season um, where that's the place where you know a lot of kids would go to Warp Tour and they would meet their favorite band and they would live off of that moment for months or for the rest of the year until the next month, yeah. and um so i wanted to create a space where bands could connect with their fans in that way without having to physically be together um so that's kind of where the ig live band interviews came from is we've always done them we've always done interviews um but i wanted to get new perspectives and new ones out and um my favorite part of it really has been like how open these men in the metal scene primarily are about going to therapy and i'm just like that is like the that is exactly what people need to hear it's like yep i go to therapy yep i go to therapy from like andy glass to tyler from state champs like all of these guys are saying like yep i go to therapy jake says you know and it's just it's so refreshing to be able to break down the stigma in that way um, cause it's one thing if I say like, I go to therapy or you guys should go to therapy, it's awesome. Right. But like when your favorite band guy who you see is having it all together is like, yeah, I go to therapy. Then you're kind of like, oh wait, maybe like this is okay. Maybe it's cool to take care of my mental health in whatever yes. way. Um, and I think that they're all so different in in what they do to take care of themselves. Um, you know, I know Andy talked a lot about meditation and so someone can maybe connect with, on that. And um, Matt talked a lot about faith and Jake talked about his self-care and it's like, there's something for everyone to connect on. Um, which is what I really love about doing the band interviews is because it's not an expert. It's not, me it's someone that they know and care about and already have a relationship with yeah providing that like support to go do something good for good for you so yeah that's kind of yeah. it on band interviews I think
0: yeah yeah and I think especially coming from the male side of things the toxic masculinity that we grew up with that men don't have emotions don't have feelings you bottle it up you know the old term man up and just move on past it. And then now as I've grown even and seeing Jake and all these guys that are like, yeah, that's what we used to do. But then we realized that doesn't help us, you know? So now we're, we're moving on past that. We're allowed to feel, um, statistically, men are are more quote unquote successful with their suicide attempts. It's more of a final judgment for them. Um, And it it doesn't need to be that way. And I think that's where your interviews and what we try to do with some of our interviews, I think hopefully are helping where maybe some kids are looking at it and going, well, I can at least try it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, the worst that happens is you go and you don't feel like it helped and you try something else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, we talk about that at pretty much like every interview. I'm like, okay, so you're, um, you're a dude with covered head to toe and tattoos. You know, you look like, you know, people hide their kids from you and you're here talking about your feelings. How did you get to that point? Um, and it's exactly what you said, just like realizing, you know, and I think also in some ways, the warped tour metal punk scene does create more space for that than other communities because it's always been a come as you are kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But still, they're they're not immune to the pressures of masculinity in America, um, and that like not talking about your feelings, um, kind of idea, and I think some more than others use that tough guy persona on stage and in their music, um, but it's, it just makes sense to me that like these guys who are writing lyrics, that if you actually take the time to go through them are a lot of like pain and struggle and experience. It's like, yeah, of course they would know about their mental health. And of course they would um, be really in touch with their feelings. And it's almost like a call to like, Hey, if you, if you want to create something beautiful, then you have to like know who you are and be able to, um think about your feelings in a real way instead of just pushing them aside
0: yeah and there's an old meme or or picture that said um and i think it's very true of like the metal scene and and punk scene but it says it's like a parent talking to a kid and it says something along the lines of all your music's about killing yourself and the kid replies all my music is why so many people haven't killed themselves you know and I, i think to your point, it's those lyrics that anybody that's been through something similar or on the verge of something similar, like they latch onto that, you know, Jake was able to pull through and, you know, beauty and tragedy is a, an amazing song for that. Talking about that there's beauty and tragedy. You're going to go through hard times, but what comes out on the other side is going to be so much better.
1: Right. Yeah. And just, you know, that feeling of like, um, I was talking with rory from day seeker about this like that feeling of oh wait i'm not crazy i'm not alone someone else has felt this before i'm not the only one that's feeling it and like they made it out so maybe i can make it out too um and it just it takes away some of the loneliness which can feel so all-consuming on top of whatever else you're feeling it makes it reminds you that like oh whatever emotion I've had there's probably a song for that and I can I can latch on to that and know that at least me and the other person that wrote this song have felt this and probably you know every single person that's listened to it um, there's community in it
0: yeah and um something that i think you've helped develop quite a bit of with heart support is the playlists on spotify for those types of situations when you're feeling depressed or alone or whatever um you've kind of got some curated playlists that are directed towards those feelings
1: yeah 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 that was a fun project we did a while ago we honestly should add more songs to those playlists um but yeah we asked the community to kind of submit songs that they listen to feeling certain emotions and then i added them all to a playlist and added some of my own and um some interns did too and it's just really cool because it's like oh i'm feeling this like i can listen to all these songs and other people who are listening to this playlist might be feeling the same way as me right now and like we are together in that and um yeah i think that's it's really cool
0: yeah um Talk a little bit about, you're still kind of in school, uh, working on a degree. Talk a little bit about that and how that's helping or affecting your job um, and your vision with your job.
1: Yeah. Um, So I'm in school right now to be a therapist. I have about, I'm getting my master's and I have about um, a little under a year left. I'll finish in may of next year um and it's been awesome i started actually giving therapy for my practicum experience like last month which is really cool getting to like put some of the things to that i've learned like into practice um it's funny because i think that so much of what we on staff at heart support do is um therapy without the title um obviously we're not we can't claim to be um but it's just creating a space something that I've learned in therapy is actually the most important thing about the therapy experience is the therapeutic relationship so the relationship between the counselor and the client is the most um healing thing about it. It doesn't matter what perspective, you know, if it's psychoanalytic or Freudian or CBT or whatever, that does not matter. There's effectiveness in every kind of theory and theoretical approach, but what really matters is that relationship. And that's what we already do at HeartSport. What we're so good at is building relationship with people. Um, And so it's just really... It, it's hard sport has made me more comfortable as I've stepped into that, um, in a lot of ways. And it, it also has just given me such an appreciation for everyone that I work with who already is doing all of this. And it's just kind of figured it out on their own, like how to, people, how to make people feel seen and heard and to just kind of create a space where they can grow and heal. Um, so, yeah, so I'm doing that and I love it. And I'm not sure, you know, where I, what it'll end up. You know, I love Heart sport. I want to be here for a long time. Like it's right. my favorite thing. My coworkers are like my family. Um, and I I know that as we grow, there will only be more need for professional, ex, professional experience. Because um, right. I really do think that like, you know, everyone on staff has the ability to support people very, very well, whether or not they have a degree behind it is whatever. But um, just from being in this space and listening to people's stories for so long, you kind of learn um, how to be someone that is good at listening, is good at caring for people. And that's really what therapy is. It's just being a good listener and reflecting that back and, you know, being whatever that person needs in that moment for you to be um, and creating time for that because people just really don't have an hour a week usually where they get to, like, talk about themselves and, like, right. only themselves. And it doesn't matter if the problem is big or small or if we want to celebrate something that day. Like, it's just about you for that hour and that is really healing in itself. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we brag on him quite a bit, but Nate is probably one of the most amazing people, especially when it comes to the the wall on being able to absorb what somebody puts in their post, digest it and come back with just so much empathy and sincerity with every word that he puts back in that response.
1: Nate is a a life changer. Um, He is the most one i have learned more from nate honestly i think than i have learned in school so far um he is he's changed my life by the way that he listens to me and reflects back to me what i am feeling um and he just sees people very well and he understands you know how like oh maybe this feeling is leading to this action and how to kind of break that up and change it um and give a new perspective. And yeah, Nate constantly we hear like, um, Nate, I met Nate at Work Tour five years ago and it changed my life. Or I met Nate and he said this to me and I printed out the support wall post and I have it on my wall. And it's like you don't realize how one encounter can really change someone's life. And I think that it's a call to me to think about each experience with someone as that opportunity, which I think what that's one of the things that Nate does so well is he heads into every conversation, every encounter, Thinking that it has the possibility to change someone's life and change someone's trajectory. And yeah. I so often head into every conversation as just that, like a conversation, an encounter, something, one meeting with someone. But when you think about it as like, I have something to offer this person, I have a gift I can give them if I listen. Um, and if I you know, tune into God, the Holy Spirit, if you, if you believe in that. And I know Nate does, and that's what he does. And you have just an opportunity to be a catalyst for change in someone's life. So it's a yeah. call to, to always try to um, think of experiences in that way and to listen and not listen to respond but listen to hear and to understand and um that's yeah that's what Nate does really well he's amazing he's like the smartest emotionally intelligent person I've ever met and then he's also like super intellectually intelligent too
0: yeah we
1: We would not be hard support without Nate
0: (laughs) right and I, I don't think I don't think that not a a knock to anybody else, but I don't think the heart support wall would be where it is or what it is without Nate.
1: No, 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 no. It's like Nate's baby. Um, Everything that it, you know, and also like the eight foot by eight foot wall that went on Warp tour, like that was, Nate has so many good stories about that, but that was like something that he fought for. He created, um, which is why I work at heart sport and it's why a lot of people know what heart sport is even um, it, he he all of the advancements that are happening in it now, um, all the exercises and, and things like that it, it truly is what it is because of Nate and the support wall basically is heart sport.
0: Yeah. Um, so for you, what does what does self-care look like in the day of of Taylor? when you need to step away and do your own self-care, what does that look like for you?
1: Um, Well, I think a really important thing is that we all should try to pay attention to our mental health before it becomes a problem. You know, you shouldn't, the first time you think about self-care shouldn't be when you're having a bad day. You kind of like take care of yourself and make habits in your life to give yourself that space and that time so that by the time that you're like, oh, I need self-care. You're not like, okay, well, I need to do 800 million things and I have to take seven days off and I can't, (laughs) I, no one look at me. Um, so I have like, the biggest thing is like I exercise five times a week at least. And that is like my time. I have an hour where it's like just for me and I will do anything for that time. Like I will, you know, just last week, I was like, I literally have an hour and I have to be somewhere. So I am going to like crush this workout in super fast and like shower in six seconds and then get to where I have to go. Like I am very, very um, protective over that time in my life. And you have to be because especially, you know, a lot of people are busy. They have, I have, um, I work at HeartSport. I teach spin classes. I intern at church. I intern at, um, for my school and I have class. So there is always something that could threaten to take that time from me, but it is, I know it is so important for the way that I perform and interact with people and feel that I don't let anything like kind of take it from me um so that's probably the biggest thing is exercise always um is really helpful for me and then also like I Uh, I'm, my faith is really important to me. So I always make time for that every day. Um, some days longer than others, but I usually with my church, we do a thing every morning for a half hour where we like read the Bible and, um, pray together and support each other. And then I make sure that like the Bible is the last thing I see before I go to bed. Well, before my crossword, which is how I fall asleep. (laughs) Um, so yeah, those things. And then if I'm having a bad day, I am intentional about what I do on that day. So if I'm like having a bad day and I'm feeling, well, I try to be, I'm not always great at it, but if I'm right. having a bad day and I'm feeling like, um, you know, upset about something, I know that scrolling on my phone is only going to make me feel worse. So for instance, I was, you know, feeling kind of just down on myself on Sunday and I wanted to like sit on the couch and like scroll through my phone. But I was like, I know that this is going to make me feel worse. So I grabbed my journal and I went outside and I put in some music and I sat in a tree in Central Park and I just wrote and I listened to music and I hung out in nature and I felt so much better by the time that I left. Like I was in a completely different headspace, you know, I had some of those same thoughts and feelings but I felt more capable of managing them than I did when I was like sitting on the couch and scrolling through my phone so I listen to myself a lot and I'm like okay what am I feeling okay why am I scrolling on my phone is it because I'm comparing myself to other people um is it, you know, whatever it might be, but if it's not like a healthy thing, then I'm, I take it as a cue. And then also therapy. I, I have a therapist. I love therapy. It helps me. It helps me understand my feelings, emotions, like my patterns. And it's that space where I can talk about me for an hour and no one is going to be like, Oh, all Taylor does is talk about herself. <laughs> so, right. Cause like, my therapist would be mad if I didn't talk about myself. Yeah. Um, so it's like a, I always say that mental health and self-care is like baking a cake. Like you need lots of different ingredients and you have to mix them all together. And then once you start doing them, it takes time for it to like bake into something that is good. So you can't just do like one face mask and be like, Oh, why don't I feel better yet? It's just like, you can't do one workout and be like, Oh, Why don't I have abs yet? Like, it takes time. It's a bunch of different ingredients. And, you know, I like chocolate cake, but some people like vanilla. So it's going to take something different for everyone. You know, I need exercise, therapy, music, journaling, friends. Someone else might need, um, you know, a lot of cooking and a lot of meditation and hiking or things like that just knowing what you need and being willing to try those things um and paying attention to how you feel when you do them I think is really important and also just like not waiting until you're at rock bottom to like actually care about yourself um, is the biggest form of self-care um and I think it's you know something that frustrates me In our culture that I'll see often is like self-care, like doing a face mask. And I'm like, okay, that can be a part of your self-care routine, but it is it's irresponsible to kind of spread this idea that a bubble bath in a book is gonna fix your mental health when really self-care is a practice that you have to continue to do daily, you know, checking in with yourself. It's not one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've talked before on, on the podcast about the importance of words when people just have, you know, the one bad thing that happens, oh, I'm so depressed. And it's like, man, McDonald's messed up your order. That's not depression. Like that's just a bad thing. Like that sucks. But being very aware of what words we're using to describe our situations, I think helps adjust that line of mental health and the true awareness around it because if you go around you know you stub your toe and oh this is the worst day ever i'm so depressed i you know broke a nail or whatever it is but is it and are you really making anything better by saying that sort of stuff
1: oh yeah um words are so important they and you know I was talking to Will Will Wood about this and he said something really interesting. He said, We have done a good job of destigmatizing the extremes of emotion, like anxiety and depression. But Like certain disorders like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, those things, borderline personality disorder are just as stigmatized as they've always been because people can't wrap their head around understanding them. And if they can't understand it, then they're afraid of it and it's stigmatized. And, you know, I think we have done a good job on some level of saying, you know, like anxiety and depression is you know more normal but we've also watered down what that means yeah. and the diagnostic criteria for both anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder and depression is much more than just being sad for a couple of days you know it's right. much more than just feeling upset about something um or you know, whatever it might be and so when we take the power away from that diagnosis we also take the power of what it can do for people to have um a label that makes them feel not crazy and makes them feel seen. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it can be really hurtful when someone says something like, oh, I'm so depressed. And it's like, okay, well, I actually have depression. Um, and what you're describing to me is like, you had a bad day, which right. is fine. And I'm sorry you had a bad day, but it isn't something that you are going to be faced with again tomorrow maybe. And I with my depression, know that it's going to be a lifelong journey for me to constantly check in with myself, practice that self-care and do those things. So it's really hurtful when people use words like I'm depressed. I'm so anxious. I, um, I want to kill myself. That is just like, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> that is just like, so not okay. Um, right. to provoquialize those things. It takes away the power of the words. It takes away, um, the power of, of the diagnosis for good and it makes people feel like their emotions and feelings are minimized yeah. uh, like they're not important which sucks and adds a whole nother layer of a problem but i think yeah we need to be because what you see now is like kids in high school like diagnosing each other you know like mm-hmm. oh i think that you have depression and it's like well the 15 year old didn't get his master's degree (laughs) knows (laughs) that. And now this kid, this other kid is walking around thinking that maybe they have this label with no one to help them understand how to grapple with that and no truth behind it potentially. So it's really hurtful when we use these words like that, because we reduce the gravity of, you know, how serious managing and living with a mental health issue can be for people. And we create problems for people that probably that might not even be there by self-diagnosing ourselves, by diagnosing others. Like it shouldn't be something that is like colloquially said.
0: Right, right. So (laughs) uh, I I threw out in the the masterclass group um, to see if anybody had any specific questions for you. And we had two So we'll start off with our friend, Sarah. Um, She wants to know, how do you take the time to relax and care for yourself when your life is super busy? Which I think you're a prime example of that. Like you said, you do so many different things. How do you make sure like, I'm going to do this period? How did you get yourself to that point to set the boundary that every day I'm gonna have at least an hour to myself?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I think, you know, exercise thankfully is something that I grew up watching my mom do my whole life. Um, she works out like for two hours every single morning, six days a week. And I was in sports and was always water skiing or, you know, on the dance team or something. So I always had that in my life. So when I did transition to, college I knew that working out was important to me and I knew it was something I needed to do so it's something that I've like been fitting into my schedules for as long as I can remember so it's not hard I also know that I feel like some you know feelings of like guilt if I don't do it if I don't give myself that time and that's kind of enough of the I'm so sorry my dog you're fine (laughs) if I don't give myself that that time um so I do schedule I schedule like everything like I have a Google calendar that has like every single thing ever that I have to do um in it and so I'll I'll I'm not afraid to do you know 15 minutes of reading the Bible here or you know 20 minutes of playing my guitar here I just can kind of fit it in and I'm thankful that my job is like flexible like that um where you know if I have to work in the afternoons at heart support instead of the morning one day I can do that um but it really is like making sure you recognize yourself as a priority as much as like anything else that you would put on your schedule so if that means scheduling in a meeting with yourself do that if that means like scheduling a time for a check-in with you know your friend do that just make sure I sit down at the beginning of the month and of the beginning of every week and I like look at my schedule and I schedule things out and I think about what each day is going to look like and where I'm going to have time for myself here and so I, I try to be as organized as possible that helps um and I also, you know, have learned to be gentle with myself if I don't get something done when I want it to be done, you know, as long as it's not like a work deadline or something, or if right. I don't have to cancel a, a dinner date, because I know that I just need time with myself. Like I've learned to create those boundaries, um, and sometimes I do better than other times with it, Um, but really Google Calendar is my best friend. It's like my favorite app ever, Um, so I use it a lot.
0: Awesome, Um, and then the second question that we got is kind of a a deep and heavy question, but um, Melissa says, how do I let go of deep-rooted anger that I have in my heart? I really want to and I know I need to, but I've been hurt so badly by people in my life that I was supposed to be able to trust. I just want to move on and never think about it again.
1: Such a good question. And so funny. I just was talking about this yesterday. Um, So there's this phrase that is like, um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Um, And so for me, when I've had to forgive someone for something like really big and really painful, I've always tried to think about it as like giving a gift to myself because that's what it is really is you are letting go of something, you know, this person may or may not know they forgive you. You forgive them based off of if you see them or if you tell them or whatever, that's your choice. Um, But you will feel a weight lifted in your heart when every time you think about this person, you don't get angry and upset and it doesn't change the the tone of your day and something that I did for a while when I had to, when I was forgiving someone for, you know, something terrible they did to me. Um, I would say it in my head or in my prayers, even when I didn't believe it and I would say it and say it and say it. And I would ask God to help me feel that. And eventually I did. And it was, you know, it's a process for a lot of people and depending on what this person did, um, you know, and, and how long and, you know, what other people have done, it might take a a different amount of time for you, but just thinking about it as a gift that you can give to yourself to not let this person negatively impact you anymore. That is like truly the best thing you can do because until you forgive someone, they have a hold on your life, on your heart, on your spirit that can impact everything you do. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, Melissa is religious, but there's this passage in Mark 11 where Jesus is talking about, like, if you have faith, anything you have will be yours. And it's like kind of this Bible verse that's like picked and put on a Pinterest quote a lot. Right. Of times. Um, but the verse right after that is if you have forgiven all of the things, all of those who have sinned against you, that your father has forgiven you. So it's like you are only going to get blessed if you um don't have unforgiveness in your heart. And that's a call to me. Like, I want blessings. Like I want to good stuff to happen to me. Like so I better figure out what I gotta do to forgive this person. And um just really thinking about it as something that is holding you back, holding your heart down, um, holding blessings from coming into your life is a really helpful way it's not like you're giving this person something you're actually giving yourself the gift of not letting this person negatively impact you for any longer because you think about every time you think about a situation where someone wronged you your immediate reaction is to like get upset and or feel sad or whatever that is and it's like that can change the course of your day just having that couple minutes of a memory that really hurts and so it's like i want to take away that power you're actually taking away the power from someone and giving the power back to yourself is how i i think about it and it's a practice right you know and every time someone does something that is hurtful that doesn't mean that you need to be like oh i forgive you it's okay we're besties again you can still create boundaries in your life for that person. You don't need to um, you know, interact with them if it's not healthy for you. You don't need to have a relationship with them if they're going to hurt you. But holding up resentment is not hurting them. It's only hurting you.
0: Yeah. And I, I think two things with that that you t- kind of touched on is first, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that they're welcome back in your life. Right. You can forgive somebody and still never interact with that person again. But like you said, it's, it's a gift to yourself. I've forgiven that person so that I don't have to deal with them anymore. It's not so that, that they feel better about themselves. It's so that you can not have to deal with it. Um, and then I think number two is, to me, forgiveness doesn't have to be known that person has does not have to know that you've you've done that. Um, in a lot of cases it may be better if that person doesn't know that they forgive or that you've forgiven them because the misconception i think is oh i've forgiven you that person assumes oh well you're over everything i can do whatever i want again and that's not the case you know so a lot of times i think don't even tell them that you forgive them. Make that peace within yourself and just like you were saying, put up the boundary. If that means not interacting with that person for a year or whatever, then don't. But at the same time, don't let yourself fall back into, well, I forgave them. You know, I'm going to try to rebuild this. If you're not comfortable with it, don't be in that position.
1: Yeah, forgiveness, exactly. Like you said, forgiveness does not mean that what they did is okay. It means that you are no longer letting what they did negatively impact you. Um, and that's different. And so you have to be able to say, okay, what this person did is wrong. I know that it's wrong. I don't accept this behavior in my life. And if people do treat me this way, there are consequences that I have to create new boundaries for, but I forgive them for this action as a gift to myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's everything we've got for you today. So I'm obviously going to tag all the, you know, the heart support, socials, all that sort of stuff, but tell people whatever you want them to know um, about heart support, where to go. Um, There's tons of resources within heart support, all the different books, things like that, obviously, as well. Um, But yeah, do do the standard plug.
1: (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Well, heart support is a community for people who are struggling with their mental health to find healing and a space to grow. Um, it's the best thing ever. It is, everyone is welcome. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter who you love. Doesn't matter um, what you believe. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what's been done to you. We love you. We want to um, give you a space to find relationship, to heal. Uh, We have self-harm workbook. We have a depression workbook, which is awesome. We have tons of band interviews where you can find your finger bands talking about their experiences um, we have a support wall where you can go and post what you're struggling with and receive support and encouragement, and, um, you can do exercises for self-care. And we also have a partnership with BetterHelp, which is an online therapy. Um, if you go to betterhelp.com backslash heart support, you can get a free week. If you continue therapy, it does support us as well. So it's awesome in that, in that sense. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. But basically, oh, we have a Twitch stream and it's freaking rad. And um, that's where a lot of our community hangs out and interacts and you can learn about self-care. You can learn how to do art with Dan. You can hang out with me and it's really fun and awesome. Yeah, it is the best place ever. So come check it out. Follow us on Instagram. Go to our website, heartsport.com. And we'd
0: love to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll get this posted. We'll tag everything, get everything out there. And, you know, hopefully I want people to, to understand, you know, the, the big difference I think with heart support compared to some of the others is one of the words that you and, and the group uses, and that's that it's a community. Community. Yeah. It's an organization in the legal sense, but it's a community, and there's there's no pressure on any specific person to do anything. It's not strictly based in faith. It's not strictly, you know, a therapy based thing. There's so much room for every single person out there, and it really is a a flowing community of people.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Community. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, yeah. Can't wait to hear it and. You know, awesome. I'm so glad you're working on this project. It's so important, and I hope you get lots of love from it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Uh, class next week. So, <laughs>
1: yep. Talk soon. Bye. Have a good nice day. See you.
0: You too. And that was my conversation with Taylor. Um, she is an incredible human being. Uh, nobody that has had any interactions with her has anything bad to say about her ever. Um, and I mean, you guys heard it there. Like there's so much going on at heart support that she's involved with that the community is trying to do and build and grow. And, you know, there's a method of outreach for everyone. There's a method of help or venting or, um, encouragement, whatever it is you need. If, if you go to the heart support wall, which is at forum.heartsupport.com, um, you can post anonymously. You can use your real name if you want. Um, you can make a post and vent about everything that's going on in your life or, you know, a specific situation or whatever it may be. Um, there are people on there all the time and, you know, so many posts get replies and encouragement or advice or whatever, honestly, within minutes most of the time. Um, it is just a awesome group of people from all walks of life across the fucking globe and you know i think the the big thing is to know that it it truly does not matter at all who you are or what you believe it doesn't matter what you've done or what's been done to you it doesn't matter who you love it doesn't matter the color of your skin all of us need support love and grace and heart support is there to help um and they want people to experience that whether it's through the heart support wall or any of the books that members of the heart support staff have written um you know it it doesn't matter the point is There is support out there, and everyone is deserving of support. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I strongly, strongly encourage you to go follow Heart Support. We're going to have links to their socials and everything in the description of the podcast. It's pretty simple, though. Um, They're super active on Instagram. Taylor does a lot of the posts herself. And that is at heart support on Instagram. You can follow the heart support wall on Instagram, which is at heart support wall. Um, And you can even follow Taylor on Instagram. And she is at Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Palmby, P-A-L-M-B-Y. You know, it's all about finding people in... Your life, whether it's your close friend circle or the outreach of social media in this case, um, that are positive and want good and beautiful things for you. And I can tell you firsthand that the people at Heart Support are those people. That's everything I've got for you for this episode. Um, as always, guys you know, we appreciate all the support, like, share, follow the podcast, our Instagram, our Facebook, Um, and remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.